Hello, Galaxy. Chris Perillo here, recording another podcast for you. I'm not going to say something as flippant as, you're welcome, but you are welcome, and thank you for listening once again. I'm simulcasting the podcast recording on my Twitch profile, as I've been prone to do over the past few weeks. I have been trying to figure out where Twitch fits in the grand scheme of the social things, the social order, or lack of order, the disorder across social media. I stumbled upon something last night after I recorded the podcast uh, simply by having uh, a conversation with those who were still tuned in, whether they were watching on Twitch or uh, participating in the Discord chat room, which you can join by becoming a sub of mine on Twitch or by becoming a patron of mine on Patreon. I assume if you're listening to the podcast, then you're one of those, or maybe you're both. I, I kind of got raw. I kind of got uncensored. Don't worry, this podcast will remain safe for work, but I will tell you this. If you happen upon my Twitch channel, it could very well be not safe for work, especially during the podcast simulcast. I kind of have fun. I, I let loose. It's a chance for me to unwind sometimes at the end of the day. I am going to try to pull in some phone calls that we received. I assume they were recorded on a phone. I've got about four of them in the queue. And I'm going to encourage everybody who's listening to the podcast to call in yourself. Anchor.fm slash Chris Perillo is not just where you can follow me to listen to the podcast. There are many places that you can go through to listen to the podcast. But in terms of calling into the podcast, the only way to do it is using anchor.fm slash Chris Perillo. So I'm going to begin with a call from somebody named Lachi Stewart. And I probably messed up the name. I apologize if and when I ever do that to you. It's definitely not personal. The first thing I need to remember to do is take the phone off mute. Because otherwise, y'all can't hear a thing. Now see, if I was doing the uncensored thing, I probably would have said something slightly different. I would have been a little more colorful with my choice of words. Let's try that again. Mr. Stewart, take it away. Hey, Chris, just came across your uh, podcast here. Uh, okay, hang on, hang on, hang on. Oh, wait, I'm telling the guy to, to do that, but uh, I actually should probably hold the, 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 the phone closer to the microphone. Did I ever mention that I'm not much of a media producer? All right, let's, let's play that again. Hey, Chris, just came across your uh, podcast here. Um, love loving listening to it about gaming and stuff like that. So i got a question for you. My question is, um, so I've recently met some gamers who are into League of Legends, I think the game was, um, and they're saying that as people become more and more skilled and obviously the prize money and it gets into it, a lot more uh, uh, gamers are looking into improving their health and their well-being, obviously like being active, being physical and improving their nutrition because they know that the links between that will help improve their mindset for gameplay. Is that something you know a heap about or if you could elaborate just more on like what gamers are doing in that sense, how strict they're being and um, if there's also a gap in the marketplace for that, that'd be awesome to, to get to know. Thanks, mate. Well, I have to throw in this disclaimer. I am definitely not a nutritionist nor am I a health expert. <clears throat> Hell, I'd go as far as to say I'm still experimenting with my own body. Uh, I have recently uh, stumbled into uh, something that I believe is going to work indefinitely, 
for me. Uh, I effectively became a whole food plant-based vegan. Vegan is a broad term. You've probably eaten vegan food before in your life and it hasn't harmed you at all. I made this switch uh, towards the beginning of July this year and it's been about four months or so. And I don't think I'll ever consider ingesting an animal product again for a lot of different reasons. <clears throat> the primary reason is science. I tend to believe in science, even though science doesn't need me to believe in it. Science is not a religion. Even though some people believe that the choice of uh, leaning towards being vegan or adopting a whole food plant-based lifestyle is a religious choice, it's not. It's a scientific choice. Uh, I continued to refine my understanding uh, by listening to a, a wide variety of uh, true experts, let's just say doctors, uh, who, who have earned their medical degrees and have been uh, you know, dealing with uh, patients over decades of time and have ultimately found uh, a lot of solutions to what ails us in terms of health uh, in uh, a whole food plant-based dietary regimen. To uh, a certain point, I think that could help. And what you eat is probably going to dictate everything that uh, your, your body goes through over the cycle of digestion and, and uh, you know, ultimate uh, absorption of nutrients or possibly lack of nutrients. But it's been suggested that fasting could actually improve mental clarity it could improve, uh, you know, uh, your 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 systems processing, and I don't mean computer system processing, but your body uh, sometimes needs to take a break rather than just keeping it constantly uh, working, working hard. So, not only have I avoided any uh, animal product over the past few months, as have others for decades, and have been quite fine for it. Uh, there are rare exceptions. Uh, out there uh, of people who have suffered from protein deficiency, it's not going to happen. If you can keep walking, you don't have a protein deficiency. If you can move a muscle, you don't have a protein deficiency. You're not going to get a protein deficiency. It's it's a myth. But by fasting uh, and, and, and eating nutrients that your body can actually run on, so they, they kind of go hand in hand. Uh, eating whole food a, a plant-based uh, diet or the, the items that may be found within it, grains and, and fruits and, and vegetables and the like, and then coupling that with the fasting, it could actually improve your performance. It's been seen, that's not based on empirical evidence or any meta-studies, but people have suggested that this is what they've done and they've done it to great gains. And this is certainly applicable to those who are athletes, uh, you know, Olympians have, have made this choice and have, have made their, uh, uh, I guess, routines uh, better. Their uh, processes have been perfected by adopting this. Uh, but even those who sit behind a screen and play games, I think, could benefit from fasting. I do an 18-hour fast. There's a, a certain term for it. So I try not to eat anything past 8 o'clock at night and then... The, the next day, I try not to eat anything up until noon. There, there have been exceptions to that, but for the most part, th those, are the, uh, those are the boundaries for me. So yeah, I think that uh, changing what you eat could actually change a lot about your life. I mean, we're not just talking about losing weight and, and, and what have you, but uh, I am, I guess, a, a believer that uh, a lot of your, uh, uh, your day is going to be dictated by that which 
you put into your mouth. Something that you have great amount of control of. That may have sounded a little awkward, but I think you kind of understand what it is that, that I'm saying. So whether you're a video gamer or an athlete, I'd certainly recommend you doing your own research. Look into the science. You can disagree with me all you want, but you're not disagreeing with me about that choice. You're, you're disagreeing with documented, well-documented uh, evidence and meta-studies that span decades. So intermittent fasting may, may help. It's, it's been a, a boon for me as long as I'm able to you know, get my nutrients and caloric uh, uh, density uh, over the course of the hours that I eat. But uh, it, it's been seen to be helpful for geeks or even non-geeks who play video games. Nate Thibodeau has a question. Thank you for the call-in on Anchor.fm. This is the Apple police. We know what you've done. We will find you. No, seriously. Welcome to the Android family, Chris. Never thought you'd leave Apple, but hey, the world changes, eh? Hopefully the Pixel 2 shortcomings didn't sour the experience too much for you. Hopefully Google will get their scruff together and uh, everything will work out better later on. Have a good day. Yeah, Nate, uh, you're not the only one who's surprised. If you uh, came to me a year ago and said, you know what, a year from now, you're going to be using Android and <laughs> you're also not going to be eating the things that you've been used to eating your entire life. I I'd have looked at you and said, what happened to me? I would be unrecognizable. I've changed a lot over the past year. But I think we all changed. I think that's just the, the progression of life. Like, if you're still living the same life that you did five years ago, oh, man. Ten years ago? Oh, man. Twenty years ago? Dude, there's no hope. Life changes. You know, and, 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 and you've got to adapt to that. So I, 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 I guess I'm not, you know, as, as bittersweet as I think some would want me to be. It's It's a platform. Uh, they're all platforms, and they're they're all definitely not perfect. But I uh, I I would actually be, uh, you know, I think hurting myself if I at least did not give it an opportunity. Now, what's interesting is that we took a, a question that I didn't fully answer in tonight's TLDR live broadcast. Uh, I'm actually going to flesh it out as a separate video in the uh, Chris Perillo YouTube channel for tomorrow. And, you know, I'm basically going to answer the question, do I feel, do I think it's the right time to switch from iOS to Android? And I've got, I've got some thoughts on that. I mean, long story short is that I believe yes is, is the answer to that question. It's, it's how much are you, you willing to, to try and where and how and when precisely. All right, we're going to move on to the next question from Wrong Andy. Hello, Chris Perillo. I'm Andy from Hong Kong. Yeah, uh, I, I want to ask about your opinion about uh, software update. Do you think uh, software updates are important? And uh, because um, iOS devices seems to, to have um, many generations of uh, software updates, however, Android devices only got one or or maybe two year of updates. So, what do you think about it? Thank you. I love your show. Love your YouTube. And keep going. Thank you. Well, Wrong Andy, you have the right question. I have mentioned this over time, but 
if you're concerned that Android may not receive the same types of updates that iOS receives, I can somewhat allay those concerns because Google handles those updates differently than Apple does. And OEMs are actually getting fantastically better because they recognize that it's something they get slagged on and it becomes a value add. Uh, I've seen some flagships you know, over the past few months suggest that even though they're shipping with an older version of Android, they're going to be pushing out the, the newer version within a month's time to uh, their install base. So it shows that the OEMs are actually you know, adopting uh, or at least adapting and then adopting that kind of strategy. The, 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 the thing that I wanted to mention about this is that Google handles its platform differently than does Apple. So with Apple, you get one size fits all. If it's iOS, it runs on everything. It's the same version of iOS on everything. And that's, that's an extreme value. It doesn't necessarily, however, play to the lowest common denominator, which is somewhat maddening. Google's architected its operating system differently such that these days, it's not as critical to be on the latest version of Android. Uh, it's done in such a, a way that this is something they began years ago with the Google Play services. It's abstracted from the operating system. So if you've got a more modern Android device, you're getting pretty much most of the features that you would expect to get in an operating system update from Apple pushed through Google Play services. Moreover, the Google apps that would come, let's say, with Android as a stock, a clean, straight-up experience, they're abstracted as well. To this end, I'm running the uh, Android 8.1 beta on my uh, uh, Pixel 2 XL, and you know, I just received an app update today uh, for one of the would-be system uh, stock apps. So they're they're installable independent of the operating system. Google Play Services is independent of the operating system, which of course will bring fixes and and features, but some of those are very often added by OEMs anyway. So moving along, Android Oreo, the current latest version of Android, has something called Project Treble, which would allow even more streamlined updates to take place from OEMs who modify Android for their own experience, for users. Uh, abstracting even further system components to make those updates far more swift, uh, you know, in, in decreasing the amount of time that a fix goes from, uh, you know, one stage to the next, to, to finalized and pushed out to production devices. Uh, I expect that curve to continue to increase, and, and hopefully this is going to be less of an issue with newer devices uh, within a few years' time. I mean, Google has increasingly been dedicating resources to minimizing that impact on users. It's not as much of an issue as it used to be. Uh, you know, if I had a choice between the two, sure, I'd ch choose the latest operating system, but I, I don't really feel that bad or that concerned about uh, suggesting an older version of Android uh, on a device because of how Google's abstracted everything else. I would have concerns, but I think that uh, they, uh, they, they're getting better with the entire uh, process. Uh, and, and so that's something that I feel needs to be told because I think the Android and the entire ecosystem gets slagged uh, for being behind and really not working the way that Apple's ecosystem works, but there are benefits and drawbacks to either one. We've got another question, or at least a comment, from Rick Nelson. Hey Chris, this is Rick. Uh, I was wanting to call in and ask, do you think that 
what Google has done now and what their, you know, their goals seem to be, is this going to force Apple to change? Do you think we will see better things from Apple now that there's actual competition in the marketplace? Love your thoughts, man. Thanks. Well, Rick, I don't know if Google is providing true competition for Apple. I don't think they ever will. Google's a completely different company. This is something that, that, that I've definitely said again and again and again and again. I wish Apple had competition. They don't. Apple acts like it doesn't have competition, which, you know what? Honestly, it's probably not that bad, at least as, as far as Apple's concerned. But the, the, the issue is for consumers. We, we've got choices in this marketplace. And, and the bigger issue is I feel that a $500 device is just as good as a $1,000 device for most people. That's bad. I mean, for, especially for a company like Apple, you know, they, they, they've got a massive profit margin and they command certainly a portion of the marketplace and a, a, and a massive amount of mind share. I'm not talking about market share. Inevitably, and I think for most tasks, Android works just as well as uh, uh, Apple does. And I think what could further undercut Apple in, in, in terms of how you know, people uh, you know, see these devices is the Android One experience. Now, I know you're thinking, wait a minute, how, how, how can Apple compete against that? Because Apple creates, quote-unquote, premium devices or luxury devices. The iPhone is a luxury device. It's a status symbol. And certainly there's, there's uh, um, uh, no argument to be made against that in relation to the iPhone X and how they're effectively marketing it. That's okay. Let Apple be a luxury brand. That's what Apple wants to do. It wants to control that end of the marketplace. But that's a small segment of the marketplace. It's, it's a good one. That's where the money is. Luxury. But I think Android One could provide a good enough experience, good enough hardware, to uh, effectively benefit a, a greater amount of people. To effectively further marginalize iOS's importance and Apple's importance. Google needs to do a better job. And it's just now beginning to understand hardware, barely, but it's just beginning to. I think it's got a good handle on software. It's not perfect. Uh, AI, I think they have handled. In fact, I think uh, Google's AI prowess is far stronger than its consumer-grade software, or hardware for that matter. But for there to be true competition, they would have to control the, the entire ecosystem. And that's not Google. Uh, they're making it interesting, I'm very happy to say, but I'm not sure if they're ever going to be able to go far enough. They'll never go full Apple. It's just not their business model. Apple needs true competition, and I, I think it needs to be undercut. I don't think Google's going to beat Apple by creating premium devices at a premium price. I think they need to <laughs> create premium devices at a non-premium price. That will undercut Apple. Creating something that's working amazingly well. This, this is, you know, with hardware and the software and the AI, but making it such an attractive price point that it just completely takes the wind out of Apple sales. And, and then Apple even, you know, sees itself as more of a luxury brand and people will continue to recognize it as what it is, a luxury brand, not a brand for uh, the average user. That's fine if that's what Apple wants to do. I'm not faulting them for that business model. But no, it's, it's, it's not true competition. I wish it was. The thing is, you can use either one of the platforms and pretty much do the same thing. There are exceptions to the rule. Um, you know, one platform is going to suit you better 
one ecosystem is going to suit you better. Uh, I like things that Apple does, and I like things that Google does. I, I wish I had the, uh, the the perfect scenario for me again, but it hasn't been that way for me. I haven't felt that way for five years. And uh, that's one of the reasons why I looked beyond uh, Apple's walls. We, we all have walls around us. It just depends on which ones we can put up with and which ones we can't. Speaking of walls, I'm going to erect one right now and uh, go ahead and let everybody go. Thank you for uh, tuning in. Thank you for uh, watching the videos that I do on the YouTube channels. Uh, thank you for soon tuning into the Battlefront gameplay, wherever I happen to be streaming that, whichever channels, Twitch, YouTube, I'm not sure which platform I'm going to choose to use. Thank you for tuning into the live streams, whenever and wherever and however I do them, uh, including right now on uh, Twitch, twitch.tv slash chrisperillo is where you can join us. I'm about to roll into uh, completing the rest of the CPU broadcast. Chris Perillo Uncensored will continue in just a moment. But for you, I'm going to say thank you. I appreciate you. I love you. And at this point, I'm going to leave you to your own devices. May the Force be with you.